Welcome one and all to another episode of Blokes Watch Movies. Thank you for joining us once again. This is a podcast about three South London born and bred guys that watch movies together. I hope you've enjoyed our previous episodes. Today we will be discussing films that made us cry. So as always, I am joined by my good friends, David and Jim. David and Jim, how are you today? You alright? Very good, thank you, mate. How are you doing? Uh, I've got the Kleenex ready. Just just thinking about these movies is, <laughs> is making me well up already. Yeah, this is this is laying our souls bare. This it is, is uh, quite a risky thing is. to do it's so early in the process. I feel so exposed. I, I feel so exposed. So, so we're going to take it in turns about talking about a particular film that made us cry, that we found overly emotional. And then once we've all done our film each, we're going to have a general conversation just about great emotional films. Yeah, it's fair enough. Is that right with you guys? Yeah? yeah? Yeah. So who wants to open the discussion? I think I'll, I'm happy to start. I've actually gone with the film Castaway, featuring oh, Tom Hanks. I watched this film, I'd estimate it was around 2005. I, I, I bought it on DVD. Obviously, I knew it was about a bloke who just ends up stranded on an island and it's like the story, which in effect isn't too far off the truth. But just to give you a little bit of info about the film, Tom Hanks, he plays a character called Chuck, who works for FedEx. He's going out with a lady called Kelly, played by Helen Hunt. They seem like to be in a very sort of happy relationship. No children, but solid, settled. He's a very dedicated worker, and it's the Christmas holidays, and he has to travel to Malaysia for business. So he he's on the plane the plane experiences some issues and crashes into the ocean Chuck Tom Hanks character sort of through the aid of a raft he ends up on a on a desert island along with like a corpse of a crew member and a few FedEx packages so for the next so I'd say that that's within 20 minutes of the film you're sort he's already sort of on the island give or take and for, for the majority of the film, so that so for the the centre part of the film, it's pretty much just Chuck on an uninhabited island, and you sort of get to see him sort of adapt adapt to his surroundings. He um, starts to sort of open that the packages that are sort of uh, landed ashore with him. For example, ice skates. He has a toothache. He in effect take you know knocks out his own tooth with the ice skate. He, in effect, has a friend who is like a, a volleyball called Wilson, which he puts like a handprint to sort of make a face. And you sort of really get emotionally sort of invested in, in, in the character and, and obviously him trying to survive and, and one day get get back home. He's he's building like a, a raft. He, he loses Wilson, which is not, not the sad bit that got me, but it's still quite an emotional scene and well acted. Um, I'm a bit of a, you know, Tom Hanks fan. I, I genuinely believe Tom Hanks, whatever he plays, he, he does well. And I think that his acting makes you emotionally invest in the film. Cut a long story short, he builds a raft and he's floating in the ocean and he eventually comes across a ship who inevitably notice him. And the next scene is him, in effect 
back in United States, FedEx is on the news. FedEx have announced that one of their members who they feared dead has appeared out of nowhere, you know, has just appeared out of nowhere. And there's like a, a party, but it also, it also then cuts to Kelly or the Helen Hunt character receiving a phone call to be told that he's been on the news and, and she faints, but you see that she has a child. So, I remember in my head when I was watching the film the first time thinking he's going to go home, be reunited with his love, lovely story, you know, good ending. And then you sort of realise that something's changed. So at the party that FedEx put together for him, Helen is conspicuous by her absence and does not attend. And all of a sudden, a bloke enters the the room where, where Chuck is and basically introduces himself as Chuck's dentist. He sort of says, oh, do you remember me? I, I, you know, I did like a root canal, you know, a few years ago. And he sort of says, oh yeah, how you doing? And then he also says something which really like, is quite significant in the film. He sort of says, oh, I'm, you know, I'm married to Kelly. And you're, and you're sort of, so like I say, to me, I, I, like I say, I, I'm not first this is, but you know, you're really feeling for, for Chuck, you know, your the whole point of him on that island, all he was thinking of was, you know, he to be reunited with his partner, and you know, she's let's be completely honest, she's done the dirty on him. <laughs> that's so hard. <laughs> I think you have to reiterate he was gone for years. Well, that's the thing. You're going to go down the shop for a pint of milk. I'm not going to go down the road and call her a whore. I'm just <laughs> saying. We don't know. I, I wish I could remember how long he's gone. I'm pretty sure that he says to him, I did your root canal five years ago. So he's been gone less than five years, but we don't know. I, off the top of my head, I can't lie and say I remember exactly how long he was gone or if it even says exactly how long he was gone. But he's obviously, you know, devastated, though, plays it quite well. You know, he sort of, I think he sees the bigger picture like, like you would. I would have lost my temper. He's obviously different to, to, to me. You're sort of feeling for him because he's gone through such an ordeal, which the majority of us would not survive. And after all of that, he finds out his girlfriend's moved on. So it cuts, and then he virtually just gets a taxi and goes to her house. And this is the scene where I can't lie. I mean, I'm not the kind of bloke who really even gets emotional at, at a film, but I really remember sort of feeling very down and sad when I watched when I watched it. So he, he knocks on her door and she's like, let, lets him in and they share um, a, a hug, a, a kiss, but not, not necessarily a passionate one and a cup of coffee. And they're just, they're just talking. It's no coincidence that while, while they're talking behind him is like a wedding picture of, of Kelly and, and the dentist. And they look very happy in the picture. So you're sort of realising that you sort of know at this point they're not going to get together. This isn't going to sort of be where she, you know, she she dumps the husband, her husband and the father of the of the children. So she she gives him his old car, which she sort of which she sort of kept all that time, and he drives off. And then this is the sort of bit that I say that that sort of like upset me. So she then sort of runs after him. And they actually do that passionately kiss and hug. And she sort of basically says to him, like, I knew you was alive. I love you. You know, you were the love of my life. 
but you still know that nothing's going to change. She's still going to sort of go back. And that's exactly sort of what, what happens. So, she, you know, he drives her home and then he just moves on with his life. And, and um, I know it's, to, to be honest with you, it's not, it's, it's meant to be a sad film, but I have no idea why the first time I watched it, it got me as much as it did. I've seen most probably so much, so many, so many films that are sad, you know, more sad. Uh, I mean, I watch Long Lost Family every week, but this honestly just really did. I remember sort of really being emotionally attached to it. I, I put it down to Tom Hanks and Helen Hunt, who I think are both really good at what they do. Um, but um, yeah, but I'll never ever sort of forget the first time I watched it. This morning, I actually went back and watched it just to sort of see. Was it was it just like a phase? Was I going? Was I depressed and didn't know it? Actually, just think it's just so well acted and such a good film, and you're so in, you're so involved that you just know escaping the fact that you you feel for him. You know, when obviously it doesn't all end up how it should. Have I made myself sound like a wuss? No. Do you know what? I, I I'm not sure that. I cried in this film or not, but I totally know what you're on about about the end because it is you are invested. You 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 feel the happiness when he catches fish, to the despair when when he loses Wilson, to to the fear when he has to go and get the extra rope. Like you are completely invested in his survival, and to know that he went through all that just to get back to nothing. So basically, he gets back to a life that he had on the island. He gets back to a life he's got to start again. I don't yeah. think he smiles once in the United States, like when he when he returns. Yeah, you well, know? he had an accomplishment, didn't he? But once he'd accomplished it, he realised, yeah. well, what have I got? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it was a brilliant film. Thoroughly enjoyed it, and I can completely understand why you'd get emotional over it. Yeah, definitely. Probably better than any other actor of of his era is is able to just embody innate decency and, and goodness which I think why I think is why this film affects you the way that it does when you watch it because I'm not sure I mean there are probably plenty of actors who could play the role very very well but I don't think you would be as moved by you know let's say this was George Clooney or someone like that I don't think you know, there's, there's the, the the innate everyman aspect to Tom Hanks makes him seem even more vulnerable in the situation yeah, and so like, yeah, I think yeah, that that's why you really root for him, and that's why you you get swept up in that story. So, Jim, what's your one, mate? What made Jimmy cry? I want to know what made Jimmy cry. <laughs> well, like, yeah, I end up um, whittling this down to to five movies, but the one I'm going to talk about uh, at length is a movie from nearly ten years ago called Warrior, and I, I believe that we've all seen this movie. It's it was lazily sort of marketed or dismissed as like Rocky, but with mixed martial arts. And yeah, I always thought that was a bit harsh because there, there's so much more to this um, movie than than just trying to transfer the Rocky formula in, into a different combat sport. So just to yeah, briefly sum up the storyline, it takes place largely in the state of Pennsylvania, between Pittsburgh and Philadelphia. And at the beginning of the movie, Tom Hardy's character, who is also called Tom, Tommy Ridden, is returning home from the war to reconnect with the father that he hasn't seen for about 15 years, played by Nick Nolte. And uh, I'm just going to pull it up, but Roger Ebert had, in his review of Warrior, had a great way of describing Nick Nolte's character in this movie. Describes him as approaching day 1000 of sobriety after a lifetime of drinking and embodies, as only Nick Nolte can, the shaggy, weathered heroism of a man who is trying one more time to pull himself together. 
And I think that's kind of all you really need to know mm. about Nick Darby's character, Paddy, in that uh, in the movie. But so Tommy was once a wrestling prodigy and he doesn't explain why, but he is back reconnecting with his estranged father because he wants his father to train him for an upcoming round robin mixed martial arts tournament that has a $5 million prize. And all the way in Philadelphia is Paddy's other son, Brendan, who's played by Joel Edgerton. He is a physics teacher at a local high school, but his youngest daughter has medical uh, issues that are running up severe hospital bills. He is moonlighting in what can only be described as parking lot mixed martial arts tournaments to make some money, but he gets suspended when he turns up for work at school with a black eye. And he eventually convinces his former trainer uh, to enter him into the same tournament that his brother is in. So now you have these two brothers on a collision course. And while the physical conflict is you know, very much the A story of this, this film is really about these two brothers healing because what we discover over the course of the movie is that 15 years ago, the two brothers hatched a plan with their mother to get away from their abusive father, but Brendan, the older brother, decided at the last minute not to go. And so these two brothers haven't seen each other for 15 years. And the next time they see each other, they are potentially opponents in a tournament, both competing for $5 million. And this sense, this shared sense of betrayal just hangs over every interaction, every character choice. And the interactions between all the characters are weighted with you know, such buried anger and disappointment so essentially you have two you know, honourable brothers with very good reasons for entering a winner-take-all tournament and this race stakes incredibly high. You know, we care for both Brendan and Tommy, but only one of them could win. And I think what makes this film you know, so moving to me is because you know, we, we all come uh, from working-class backgrounds, we all come from families where people you know, don't really express themselves you know, all that well. And yeah, that is you know, what really underpins the script of this movie. You know, these, if these characters could express themselves or could have expressed themselves in the the backstory, you know, during the backstory to this movie, you know, they might not have the the conflicts that they do. And it's just, it's so horribly enthralling to me personally to sort of watch these two characters express themselves through violence, and that's the way that they can heal. And yeah, I think this. You know, as someone who a came from you know quite similar background, b has a lifelong interest in martial arts, and c you know, struggles to you know communicate emotionally sometimes himself. Yeah, you know, this this just really really got me, and and I just love the construction of having two you know, we have two underdog heroes, both with very very good reasons for wanting the five billion dollars, but only one of them can win it you don't know who to cheer for and you know, by the end your your loyalties are pushed in in different directions and you're just really really hoping that whoever wins you know, that they can heal and yeah i mean that's all i've really got to say basically like yeah this this film this is a film that put me through the ringer thank you jimmy for that so i suppose it's my turn so my film is an old film actually and i i watched this as a younger man because my mum had it on vhs referring back to a previous episode so the film came out in 1979 it's called The Champ and it stars John Voight and Faye Dunaway. Um, so John Voight in recent years has become uh, an absolute hero of mine as he plays Mickey Donovan in, in, in Ray Donovan and he just plays it so well but he's always been a brilliant actor. Now the, 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 the plot of this story is pretty straightforward. The character that he plays is a guy called Billy Flynn who is an ex-champion boxer 
whose life's gone downhill a little bit since he quit boxing. And he's a drinker and a gambler. But he has custody of his son. And his estranged wife turns up who has a little bit of money and wants custody of his son. And the only way that he can keep custody of his son if he's, is, is if he earns some money. So obviously to compete against her in court or to pay maintenance for the child or whatever it may be. To kind of provide him a proper home. So to do that he decides to go back into the ring. So to train and go back into the ring. I'm not going to go too much into the story other than that because I don't want to spoil it. Because it is a good film. It was Oscar nominated. I'm not sure if it won an Oscar. On IMDb is rated as a 6.9 but it's far beyond that as a film. I promise you. So it's a great story. It's it's a I wouldn't say it's a Rocky esque story because don't think because it's boxing it's about someone who's down on his luck and, and he becomes a champion. That's not the gist of the story. The story the story is more about fighting for what's important, and it has a, a devastating ending. And it's the ending that made me cry. I mean, it is quite an emotional film anyway. <clears throat> Excuse me. It is quite an emotional film anyway, and there are parts parts in the film that will make you have a wobble considering his son features in the film quite a lot and the relationship between the father and the son is is what the film is based on right throughout but the ending oh the ending sent me into bits i don't want to spoil have you guys see have you guys seen it then yeah of course i have yeah, yeah. and would, i haven't seen it for years but i have seen and it and what yeah. did you do did you did the ending get you as well it, it's the boy yeah. isn't it he's like he's so good at what he yeah, does. I mean, I actually nearly had it in my previous episode as one of my quotes, but I just thought it was a bit dark, so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go down yeah. there. But um, just stick, stick with violence. Yeah, I just know, thought to myself, yeah, I'd rather go down that room. Have you, have you lost a pen? I thought that was more suitable then. Um, but um, it's a great, great film. I'm quite a softy, to be fair, though. So, um. That was my pick. Definitely go out and watch it if you haven't seen it, listener. Thoroughly enjoyable. Very emotional. I remember that the first film I ever cried at was Lassie. I, my mum was crying as well. And my dad came home and said, what are you crying about? And I said, Lassie. But there's been so many. And do you know what? In recent years, I went through a spell where I didn't. In recent years, I found myself welling up a little bit more. In, in certain films. Definitely A Star Is Born. Jesus Christ, that, oh, that yes. got me by the bollocks, yes. that did. Oh, Jesus. Oh, God. I mean, I I remember Tony, my partner, like in absolute tears. But the I don't want to... The thing that made a little bit of light... So the first time I watched that film, I was, like I say, very sad at the end. And then she sings a song at the end. I wish I could remember how it goes. But when Neil Harris, the Millwall manager, got... Re resigned there was a video doing the rounds of a song saying that we have to say goodbye to Neil Harris I'd never heard the song before so when at the end she sings the song to um, the Bradley Cooper character I realised it was the song that was doing the rounds about Neil Harris to be a war manager so I sort of turned around to Tony and said oh this is the song and that, you know he sort of slightly ruined the moment she's in a <laughs> Cheers! That floods the walked out the room, and I thought, "Have I done something?" <laughs> um, have I made light of Bradley Cooper's death? Um, and um, but yeah, so it's sort of. But no, it was definitely a second. I don't. I think having just. I think does having kids maybe soften you up a little maybe. bit more. Do you think? I mean, I remember crying at Jerry Maguire. 
See, I, I don't even remember in any way how that was sad. Just, just the end. It was a happy cry. Like, it all worked out yeah, kind no. of thing. I don't actually cry. What the, 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 the point, the truth is, is it's more I could if I wanted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes you and, control and, it. And, uh, yeah, that is true. Yeah. yeah. And, and uh, so, so for example, I watched A Star Is Born with my Tony, and there was no way I would cry. Oh, because you was with, with her. her. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, so, um, and so, so whenever I watch a film with her, there's no way I could. And Oh, don't, don't, are you, uh, you're so cold. I'm not cold. I'm emotional. I'm just not crying. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's a, there's a difference. I, I am, I get the journey, you know, I get in, involved in the film. I've made that clear. I With Castaway, I'm not, I don't remember um, who, who I actually uh, uh, watched it with. But I remember just really sort of feeling sad. But I've got like, I've got a couple of sort of films I want to talk about as as well. It's amazing how you mentioned Lassie because I think any I because I've noted Marley and me. Oh, because the dogs. Anyone, yeah, it's the dogs. Yeah, I think, I think yeah. That, no one is that champ. You've got the kid crying his yeah. eyes out. Turner and Hooch, and he does it really well. Oh God, well Turner and Hooch. I don't. Whenever I, I, it's on telly or on Netflix or, or, or Amazon. But, I think I just sort of have to stop it. Uh, even now, I don't want to see that. What bit. about um, the one with? Is it John Belushi? Is it called Canine? Have you ever seen that one? Ah, oh, that was brilliant. Yeah, that was yeah, another that one. Was you just know if there's a film with a dog <laughs> in it, someone's crying. Someone's crying <laughs> somewhere. But, but I still don't feel comfortable watching Apollo Creed's death. <laughs> I still like that. Don't like that part. You know what I mean? Because. I, you know, like whenever that, so that, whenever like this, I don't that cry, cry, but I don't really like watching it. Do you know? Do, do, do you, you know, like the I reality want... is, is that with people, you 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 know that generally we live long lives, and you hope that you don't have to deal with too many of those scenarios. But with pets, you relate to it because you know it's going to happen to you. It's inevitable. Yeah. So that's why I think it gets you because you you can relate to it where. Most people don't actually have to suffer a loss, and like as in a grown-up loss, an adult loss, until hopefully later on in their life where they're kind of mature and can cope with it, you know. Yeah. And that makes a make that makes a big difference in terms of of why you cry during during films. And only thing you've ever cried that you think to yourself that why the bloody hell am I crying? Oh yeah, I mean it happens all the time, and like it's only sometimes it's only like when you reflect. On you know all the levels that the film is working, that you're able to unpick it. Okay, give me an example, Jim. What did you quiet? You think yourself? Uh, maybe I shouldn't be crying at this. Um, well, so this kind of falls into sort of you know my my honourable mention, and it, it's kind of uh, related to to Warrior, sort of in a way, I guess. But um, I the most recent film I, I cried at was uh, the adaptation of Little Women that um, yeah, Saoirse Ronan starred in, that was directed by Greta Gerwig. Um, you know, Saoirse Ronan's character Joe has you know uh, a speech towards the end of that film where she's lamenting you know um, her duty and she's uh, saying you know she doesn't just want to get married she wants to you know sort of make something of herself you know she has a heart and mind of her own she's sick of being told that marriage and motherhood is all a woman is fit for she's sick of it but she's so lonely she says and there's just something about you know her delivery of that that just yeah you know, really really got me I actually watched it in um, Massachusetts, where the, the film is set, I happened to be uh, visiting a friend in, in Boston at the time, and there was it, it, again, it's another story of someone 
want in their life to be better and being shackled by the demands of their family and understanding how far they can go and and wanting to go beyond that and and stories stories um stories with those kind of themes just always really resonate with me i guess i think because you know all of us come from um you know quite working class backgrounds where we're told you know what the boundaries of our life are, are going to be and we're kind of advised to you know not hope and have too too much ambition because we're only going to be disappointed and i'm always just very very moved when i see characters in movies that are wrestling with disappointment like that mm. you david well i think to be honest with you so film a film that i'm surprised i got upset yeah over in it might even be because actually wasn't sad or like for example if the bad guy died and you was upset that the bad guy died or you know what i mean like yeah, no, something you've got yeah, upset about of all of the films that I've sort of logged down, I'll be honest with you, Castaway is the one that when I first put it on, it never entered my head that I would be upset. Um, um, a couple of other films I've, I've sort of mentioned is uh, a film called Lion. Have any of you seen no, it? No, I refuse to see it, though, because it's a bit too close to home in terms of the fact that it's about adoption. So I kind of just steer clear of it, to be honest. But I know... Is that all Dead Patel? Yeah, I know of the yeah. story and the, and the synopsis and how good it is and a lot of people told me to watch it I've just always just kind of stayed clear of it yeah so do you want me to shall we cut this no 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 at all we can talk you... about it it's not like, oh. I've not got an issue about oh, it yeah. I just, just, it's just the yeah. reason why I've never yeah, watched um, it yeah I mean yeah there's definitely some parallels but it's obviously based in India as well but yeah you Dev Patel is a really good actor um, and even Nicole Kidman puts in a good performance so she's like his mum who sort of you know, there's an element, I suppose, of jealousy that he's going to sort of like wants to sort of chase. You know, like his his, his you know his his parents and you know, but he's got a lot a lot of memories. But that film again, like I, I was emotionally involved and I could have cried at the end. Of, my partner was you know was in tears. Have you ever seen your parents cry at a film? I've never seen my dad cry. <laughs> so, um, no. My, I'll be honest with you. My, my mum. I only film I remember her crying. That was Ghost. Okay. With Patrick Swayze and Demi Moore. You know the bit yeah. at the end where he he's content and goes to heaven. And uh, I remember my mum and Nan, yeah, crying at that bit. But. But yeah, other than other than that, no, I didn't really watch films as a family growing up. I'll be honest with you, I I don't really recollect, recollect doing that the whole family yeah. sitting down. My older brother was ten years older, so he wasn't. It was more just me and my little brother predominantly mm. that would that would just watch a film together. My my dad took me to the cinema to see My Girl, and he cried, but he tried to play it like tried to style it out. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody, I was like, you're crying. Yeah, comes time to go now. I was like, you're crying. <laughs> you know, I've never seen that film. But again, I, I was the kind of kid that if I knew something sad happened, I'd rather, I did, I would hate to cry in front of anyone. So I wouldn't watch mm. it. You know, I've never actually seen My Girl because I know what happens. Mm. But, you know, I would watch it now. But, mm. but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's amazing. Um, you know, you sort of always remember, like, I remember my mum crying to Ghost. What year was that? I'd estimate 91, 92. I could uh, 1990, I think, it came out. Like, it really? might have been 91 in the UK, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, you do remember, you remember your dad with my girl. It's, it's amazing that some memories just... My mum cries at everything, though, you know, like, 
Jeez, I've seen the quiet adverts before. So I'd like to see a quiet. <laughs> what the um, John Lewis? Yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, you know what I mean. I'd like to see a quiet a film with no biggie. But my my dad, I was just like, what's going on? Have any of you seen the Time Traveler's Wife? I've seen it with Rachel McAdams and. Uh... Yeah, see that was it. Was his name I, I, something I, I, Banner? I, I, Eric Banner? Is it? Was his name? Eric yeah. Banner. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've seen it. I thought it was shit. I thought that was quite sad. Oh, and no, I thought it was shit. brilliant. Isn't it weird how how it works? Yeah, I really really enjoyed it and thought they. Was it so ridiculous? Yeah, but I don't really quiet rom-coms or, or romantic stories. They won't get me. It has to be what you've just said there, more kind of like life experiences like Castaway or Lion or you know, something that's a bit more relatable. Yeah. No, I, I, I get it. We, I, I get it, but I do think that it all, especially because that's so ridiculous, that the story, someone time travelling and someone... But I thought the way that they did it, and I, I, I'm not even a big fan of Eric Banner. I haven't seen him in too many things but i thought that they 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 acted really well and sort of made it almost believable so that's that that's that that is definitely a film that i remember sort of having a wobble to you know making me sad yeah. more so than yeah. you know than crying yeah uh jimmy you jimmy any any martial art films that, uh <laughs> martial art uh, films <laughs> crouching tiger in the dragon well, uh, <laughs> it's actually... like robocop uh, <laughs> Actually, there is there is the word dragon in the title. Um, so this is probably the the first film that made me cry as a teenager, and it's a film that is now going by Heart of Dragon. It was originally called The First Mission, and I don't know if uh, anyone remembers this, but it's a it's a Jackie Chan movie from 1985, directed by Sammo Hung, in which they play brothers. But Sammo Hung's character has learning difficulties. So this is actually like a precursor. It came out two years before Rain Man, and like five or six years, uh, no seven or eight years before what's eating gilbert grape and there's some very similar uh material in it yeah he's closer to DiCaprio's character in what's eating gilbert grape because he he doesn't have the photographic memory and uh that you know dustin hoffman's rain man character has but there was like i think i watched this when i was maybe 11 or 12 so i was big into jackie chan at the time and there was so many movies to get through and he was like my absolute hero and there's just there's something very disconcerting about seeing jackie chan uh, at that age play in scenes where you know, he, he his emotions are getting the better of him like he can't deal with looking after this you know kid with a mental age that's you know 20 years younger than than what it actually is and then there's a scene where you know he reaches the end of his tether and you know he he hits him he hits Sam Hung and like he runs away in shame and then Sam Hung's character Dodo he he goes out to try and get a job and he gets humiliated at this eatery and it's just all awful and there's something there's something horrible about about seeing it happen to Jackie Chan and Sammo Hung, these characters that you've idolised and put on a pedestal. It was, it's, it's almost as bad as watching your dad get beat up. I've enjoyed this. This is good, lads. Yeah, no, I've actually enjoyed it. It's been just yeah, some good recommendations. A little chat, isn't it? And yeah, hopefully we should try and, um, you know, try and watch some of the other, you know, some of the films. Yeah, maybe that, next time we'll, today we we'll watch them and then see if we actually cried. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be a good idea. It's true, yeah. <laughs> Thoroughly enjoyed that, lads. A fantastic episode. Moving on to the next one. So, just to confirm to the listener, we have now released six episodes. So, the next episode is just a click away. Our first six episodes have all been released. So, you can follow through straight after this one. And we will be going bi weekly. The show will be bi weekly as of the 14th of May. Now, if you want to interact with us between now and the 14th of May or on all any of the shows that you've listened to so far, 
Best way to do that is via social media. Uh, let us give you those social media handles. Uh, David, what's the Twitter? Yep, the Twitter handle is at blokeswatchmov1. I invite all feedback, banter, criticism of Danny Dyer, any, any, anything movie-related, anything humorous-related to movies, get in touch with us. I look forward to it. And if you want to have longer-form arguments on Facebook, you'll be able to find us at Blokes Watch Movies. And our Instagram handle is Blokes Watch Movies. That will be all images of ourselves, anything that we're going to be discussing, and David's constantly evolving top 10 movies. So thank you for taking the time for listening. We really appreciate it. Please do get in touch with any positive or negative feedback because we want to make your listening experience as pleasurable as possible. And if we don't like what we're saying, at least we can have a go back at you. Lads, it's been a pleasure as always. Love you guys to bits. Blokes Watch Movies out. Love you too, man. Best of luck, gentlemen. Blokes Watch Movies out. Take care.